cut um, potentially. So there, there's a couple of factors there that go into why it could be delayed. And if, you know, they're willing to wait it out or have to cut an extra player and risk them on waivers, or if they were able to get a trade in mm-hmm. time. But I mean, my initial thoughts were we know seven receivers made the roster. It's, we don't know what's going on with Foster. We know Duke Williams got cut. So the initial thoughts were, does Brandon Bean send Foster through waivers if he doesn't get a deal or does he keep them? Like, do you keep eight receivers um, at least for a day or two, knowing that you're going to trade one and say, Hey, I don't have to do anything. We think he, we think he's worth an asset. I'll keep him for right now. And until we need to get rid of him. So, I mean, that's, I mean, one of my initial points, Ty is, you know, what are your thoughts on Brandon Bean saying, we think he's got value, especially with a very, I mean, looking around the league receiver is super yeah. weak. I mean, there's teams converting players or teams converting running backs. I mean, it's, it's a bad position group. Why, if it's an asset, yes, you need to have an actives on game day anyways. So if it's an mm-hmm. asset, you know, why be forced to do something you don't want to do? So, I mean, that's, that's kind of my initial thoughts as we see, um, as we're still waiting for the final word on the final, maybe five or six cuts. Yeah. It looks like Justin Zimmer is the next casualty of the bills defensive tackle, Another practice squad candidate, Ryan Talbot, is reporting right now. But, yeah, I think this is great asset management if you're being – at least you're going up to the wire. You're pushing it. You're not letting this cut out early. Let these teams know that this guy is going to be available immediately. If these teams want him, they don't have to – they can jump the waivers line and make a trade right here. You look at what the Jets have at receiver. It's an anemic you know, receiving core there. And they've been dealing with some injuries on top of that. A lot of teams are in similar situations as well. And you got to think, you know, Brandon Bean might be holding, you know, an extra ace in his hand that, you know, that we don't know about here. And that could be what this delay is all about. Yeah. I guess don't cut the next couple minutes. You don't cut assets. And I mean, you don't want that stacked position group. A seven's already a lot for specifically for this team. Um, But can you do it if you don't carry a fullback? Yeah, you might be able to do it. Can you do it? We'll see. We, you know, former Reggie Gilliam of the Mac did make the roster as of right now. So um, looked at as a tight end, but maybe that combo player, tight end, fullback player, um, you know, especially with Tommy Sweeney, maybe he's keeping the seat warm for Tommy. Um, there on that position group. And they're keeping a lot of offensive linemen at this point. We've seen, we've heard of no cuts. Ivan Baines on the roster as of right now, obviously tying Seki, Darrell Williams, um, some of those, those key names there. You yep. know, we haven't heard anything on Victor Soleiko, a guy that they were said to really like. Ryan Bates made the roster. Ike Butker made the roster. Um, I mean, it's, and you got to keep John Feliciano. Um, so he's someone you can put on IR in 24 hours after this is all done and, um, you know, free up a spot there uh, for a waiver claim. So we'll see. I mean, I, until I see Foster's cut, uh, I'm not going to believe they're just going to throw him through waivers. Like I said, especially with as weak as mm-hmm. the receiver group. If it was a strong position, you know, maybe linebacker, you might not, you might have to cut him. Like you're not going to really get anything. For yeah. Him. Yeah. I think that'd be a perfect play if you didn't have to, you know, hold on to Feliciano the way you do right now, right. put him on IR. So that I think that's where it complicates that theory a little bit, although they could still do it because you're going to be able to, more than likely sign at least one of these guys back within 24 hours. You look at sort of the rates of waiver claims over the past couple seasons. I think it was less than like 11% of guys get claimed after these cuts. So you got to think most of these guys, if you have two or three offensive linemen that were right on the cusp of this roster, you're more than likely going to have your opportunity at getting two, if not all three of those guys back tomorrow or within the next week, if you're able to make some other moves, do some maneuvers. So I think, you know, that could still be a possibility with them. Like, right. 
you just you don't know right now you just really don't you're you're we're just all trying to guess and get in the mind of Brandon Bean we've seen him make a lot of very smart calculated moves in the past it could be another one right here but we don't know yet yeah and shout out to Damone Harris for making Kansas City's roster yep. um, former UB player Cam Lewis we'll talk about him for a minute I think a priority free agent for Buffalo a guy that many 50-50 on making the roster I think it came down to him playing slot and the Bills being happy with uh Taron Johnson as well as having Saran Neal there mm-hmm. The numbers didn't work in his favor, although they like him. So he's a guy to watch out for. I don't think there's a ton of film on him to get um, to get claimed. But I, I also think we're assuming claims happen at a lower clip than that than they usually do. I don't think we know that for sure. With the, with the health protocols, teams can't work out as many players. Do they have to, to do more claims to cycle them more? We're not 100% sure exactly yet. I think it's easy to say, like, yeah, we're going to assume that these guys aren't going to get as claimed at the clip that, that we're used to. But do we know that? Do we know that for sure that it could go up because whatever health protocol reasons we need to at least bring him in and then we'll cycle him if, if he's not the guy we want in practice. We can't see him. We don't have any practice or we don't have any um, preseason footage on him. Mm-hmm. Let's bring him in. We have three floating roster spots call it in this scenario and we'll cycle him. I mean, there's no, they weren't able to do that this year. So there's nothing that says that that's going to go down. Um, that's, that's my point is that we're assuming that, that, you know, through this, the situation that, um, you know, waiver claims are going to be less, but, and maybe that be, might be the case as we approach week one, but we don't know for sure yet um, how that's going to play out, especially with the injuries, with the three week IR rule time, yeah. that could mean that people are willing to take more chances. They have, they can put people on IR and free up more roster spots. So there are different scenarios that don't just lean toward a player, definitely not getting claimed because of the situation that we're in now. So it could turn out to be like that, but I think it's something to watch on the next 48 hours. If that's true, that it's going to go, that number's going to go down that you were talking about or up. I'm still not positive. It goes down for sure. I think it could tick up. So we'll have to see exactly uh, how this all plays out. I think the, the, the the injury rule is as big of a rule as anything for that going ticking up. Um, So we'll have to see, especially just tomorrow happens and they start putting two or three guys on IR. You have two or three roster spots. You're going to claim people. So we're going to have to see um, um, exactly how this plays out in the next couple of days. If they just go back and take their own players or, or if they are going out and taking a, taking a look at Cam Lewis um, or other players that were our priority free agents. And so maybe that leads to bills knowing that they're worried about putting players on waivers. Um, I, I think that's that's kind of an issue. I, I, if you have an asset in the hand at a position like receiver, I I, I know that Bean's going to play that out and potentially not want to not want to cut him down to the. Especially, I mean, you're seeing draft picks from this year getting traded uh, before even playing week one. I mean, we're talking about day two draft picks, not seventh round picks. You're talking about guys that that were potentially looked at doing something um, for their rosters this year and converting to receiver. Uh, Lynn Bowden is converting to receiver. Yep. Um, so that's I, that was one of the crazier moves I think I've seen so far today yeah. is the trade for of Lynn Bowden. He was um, a third third round pick, I believe, and he's getting Zach moved. Moss, yeah. yeah, for for basically a swap of a fifth and sixth round pick, like that's just a very weird move. Some of these moves that John Gruden makes giving guys, you know, decently big signing bonuses and cutting them, you know, almost immediately. I don't know what he's doing sometimes. Like, is he just trying to burn money? Yeah. I I have no clue. Like they really, the Raiders are just like a huge question mark for me this year. They could do pretty much anything like, but I'm, I'm really hoping the Bills can bring back Cam Lewis at least in a practice squad position right away because I think 
if you get some injuries at the cornerback spot, you've already had some soft tissue injuries adding up a little bit back there. If these linger, you're going to need some guys you know can step in right away, guys who know the defense. But I, I don't know. We'll see about that. But we got a comment here. Why did the Bills trade for Andre Smith and cut him? Um, I'm seeing, I've seen some, some stuff, I think some speculation by Joe B that he thinks Brandon B Bean still has some sort of plan for him. What do you, what are you thinking about that one? Yeah. A couple things on that. I've, I've, I think I've talked about this on Twitter a little bit on, on him is that there's a four day, three to four day protocol now with, with clearing someone mm-hmm. for COVID and playing for your team. So by having him on the books, they traded a 2023 future pick, by the way. So by exposing him to waivers, meaning anyone can take him, I think that that would not satisfy the condition, though it could be if he's on your active roster for 10 weeks, 12 weeks. We'll have to see the exact conditions of that trade. Um, but exposing him to waivers, meaning you're saying, hey, anyone can take him, should mean that they don't give up a pick. So uh, no harm, no foul. Um, from there, it's they want to have him in the system. They want to obviously put him on the practice squad, I would assume, unless he came in and was awful. You don't know that he came in, didn't adapt to the playbook, didn't do something right in the special teams rooms. You don't know exactly. Assuming that's not the case, um, you're going to obviously say, you know, we're going to put this guy in the practice squad. You can activate two extra practice squad guys per game. Yep. Um, so he could be in that category of activating uh, from the practice squad and then maybe call him up either when you put someone on IR or if an injury happens, there's a couple of things you have him in the system. Like we talked about, you're planning on these claims not happening this year. Um, so you're going to throw him right through there, save a roster spot, go back to it if you need him. Um, and then until then, you know, you have him through the protocols, maybe figuring you might use him as that practice squad two player call up um, against the Jets here next weekend. So I think that's the initial thoughts. Once again, had they trade done, wasted a third round pick or fourth, you know, something like that, mm-hmm. then I think it's a bigger question uh, being, you know, potentially made a bad deal there. Um, but until we, th- th- you know, that wasn't the case and that you're talking about a pick in three years uh, on top of, I do think that they're going to, as long as he doesn't get claimed and if he does, no pick would be involved. Uh, as long as that doesn't happen, you, they have plans for him. Um, but it's that health protocols. You didn't want to have to – they be knew he was going to get cut. Um, so it was, you know, getting it on the roster, getting him into the playbook. And I think, you know, he's taking a little bit of a risk exposing him to waivers. Um, that's the more risky part of this, exposing him to waivers. Another team wants a special team where he gets claimed. So we'll see, Ty, if the tick is down on the waiver claims, no no harm, no foul. If the tick is up, uh, he could be in that category of yep. a guy that looking to be brought in because he plays teams so well. Yep, and another interesting move, the Patriots just cut their rookie kicker, uh, Rohrwasser, who they yep. selected earlier than Tyler Bass was this year. Um, speaking about those extra practice squad spots this year, with sort of the uncertainty over COVID, do you think that Bean's going to be looking at adding a kicker to one of those practice squad spots just in case something yeah, happens? Yeah, for sure. You have to have one. I mean, if your teams are talking about three and four quarterback, when usually you take two, maybe two and a half with one on the practice squad. Um, yeah, you I mean, you'd have to worry about kicker. If something happens with COVID, you have a guy not even in the system, then the three-day rule we were just talking about. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, you're either going to do something, you're going to look for a kicker that – lower budget kicker you'd assume to put on the practice squad um, and have ready and their old friend Chase McLaughlin a guy they had in camp last year who potentially beat out Hauschka last year uh, at least did in the preseason and then later on they put a waiver claim in for him so you don't know if they're going to cut Hauschka at that point um, is free and I'm going to imagine the Bills are going to at least make an effort to uh, they're going to try to put someone like him on the practice squad if he clears if he doesn't clear I don't know I mean I think it's almost a spot where 
McDermott was asked if you keep two kickers and he said, yeah. So assume the assumption was Hauschka and Bass at the time. Now without Hauschka, maybe you roster a $500,000 kicker um, and, and activate him on game days just because he's ready to go. You don't even have to deal with another team poaching your practice squad players, which still does exist. So um, yeah, I mean, there's a hundred percent going to be a kicker on the practice squad. Um, I couldn't tell you if it's going to be as soon as 48 hours um, or, you know, come week one, week two, um, but they're going to have one on top of the Tyler Bassett rookie. So if something yeah. happens there uh, with his consistency, you know, all that aside, um, the, they'll at least start by activating a second kicker or maybe make him the guy that's eligible yep. on game day. And um, yeah, I was going to say, I, I believe you can have up to three or four players on the practice squad this year who have four plus years of experience. Six. So six. Yeah. So yeah. you can, you can add a couple, you can yeah. add a kicker who has some legitimate NFL experience too, yeah. right there on the practice squad to back up bass. It doesn't necessarily have to be another young guy who's, you know, maybe seen one or two games of experience, right. or none at all. So I think that sort of lends itself to, some confidence, if you will, for Brandon Bean, knowing that you can have a legitimate backup here that's not taking up one of your 53 roster spots on, on a daily basis, but has some legitimate experience and you know you can lean on if you really have to. And I think, you know, that, that leaves you in a good spot there. And, you know, let's hope you don't have to revert to that. Let's hope Tyler Bass can continue what we've seen from him so far in training camp. Obviously, you're not getting, you know, every report of what's going on with the kicks and whatnot, right. but it seems like he's been very successful. Uh, Sean McDermott's been very complimentary of him. He's been handling everything we've thrown at him, I believe, is one of the quotes. So you got to hope you can continue that. And if he's able to kick the way he has, and I mean, his his overall kicking accuracy last year in college wasn't phenomenal. But if you look at some of the conditions he was kicking in, and some of the spots he was kicking from, not the most ideal conditions. Obviously, the hashes are further out. It's right. a little bit, little bit tougher there when you're in college. Um, and then also, yeah, kicking in the rain and the wind. He had to deal with that, and he nailed some big kicks, especially that one you saw for the walk-off in the bowl game. And you, as soon as he struck it, he knew it was through. And I believe it was like a 48-yard against EMU, by baby. Probably, <laughs> yeah, cleared by probably a good solid 10 yards. So I love, I love the cut of his jib. Hopefully he can keep it up. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's an underrated position to talk about because people are seeing Pat Tyler Bass won the kicking job and he obviously did. Um, but what happens behind him, it's not as straightforward as a normal year. They're going to have another guy and do they have another guy ready on game day in case we'll see if that's a potential statistical thing that they find to, to use as the one of the two game day um, extra additions to the roster too. So we'll see um, how that plays out. I think it'll be really interesting to see. Do you go with a special teamer? Do you go with a kicker? Who do you use on these two spots? They have to be on the practice squad. So it's not part of the 55 man roster. And then from there, they can be activated. Um, so yep. it's interesting that you can play those two guys, but not guys that are on your active roster. You still have to have inactives. Um, so it's it's an interesting concept that I think you can place them on your roster, but I don't think they can – like there's, there's weird stipulations on if yep. they can play or not. Uh, they can be added to the day roster, and then from there – they can be eligible to play, I think is the situation. One of them has to be an offensive lineman. If you don't have eight already, mm -hmm. the Bills will have plenty of offensive linemen in this scenario. They're given way too many um, in the first place, and they'll probably have eight active on game day anyway, so therefore those two spots can be utilized however they would like. Um, it's really an offensive line real tie. I mean, it was. If our offensive line gets sick, hurt, yep. whatever, 
we need to have backup plans. Yeah, you gotta you gotta think about it. Most we saw this happen to the Oklahoma football team. One of their player position groups was completely eliminated at one point um, a few months ago in their uh, preseason training because of COVID. If you have all these guys who are normally you know in the same room together practicing together doing the same drills together if one of them gets it it's likely to spread to all of them in that situation so yes like you need to have that sort of flexibility i think by adding that and having a lot of these meetings still being virtual um and continuing social distancing just in case it seems that all these players have been taking it quite seriously we haven't seen any pictures of them out in public anywhere um, so that's a very, very good sign right now. Hopefully that continues because the best, the best availability or the best ability is availability. Everyone knows sure. that. So if, if we can keep the starting lineup out there every week, we'll have a great chance of going far this yeah. season. Yeah. And we're wait as we're still, you know, 40 minutes in from the deadline we're still, things are still trickling in here from teams. Um, so obviously um, the bill's, have a reason to not have launched who they're cutting. So we'll see, um, you know, I think plenty of teams are in around the league and then you're talking about at least 20 plus more, more teams that have released these results. So we're waiting to see these final, um, I guess, before those come in, you know, we can kind of take a look around what's already happened. You know, we talked about receiver, obviously the three receivers, starting receivers are on the roster. They cut Duke Williams, looking to put him on the practice squad. Isaiah McKenzie made the roster, obviously Gabe Davis, Andre Roberts, and Isaiah Hodgins. So we don't know what's going on with Robert Foster. We've talked about that. So we'll see what happens there. They go eight or they do, do just send them through waivers or trade them. So we'll see what happens. Uh, the offensive line position so far, they've, they have at least 10 on the roster um, as of right now of my count. Yeah. Um, only cutting really the undrafted free agents, Trey Adams, um, with his epic combine interview, as well as uh, Markwell <laughs> Harrell, who they'd like to bring back on the practice squad, and Brandon Walton as well have been cut. Um, but they have um, their starting five. You're assuming that you know, Cody Ford and Daryl Williams, um, who was getting a lot of starting reps, Ty Insecki's in there at six, mm-hmm. Brian Winter's in there at seven, Evan Bain in there at eight. Um, obviously Ryan Bates at nine, Ike Butker at 10 and John Feliciano at 11. So we'll see what happens at that position group tie, but that's, that's where we're at with that, um, tight end. They're keeping just their, their three and, 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 us, Dawson Knox, Tyler Croft, Lee Smith, Tommy Sweeney to the PUP, Jason Kroon was cut and Nate Becker was cut. And then obviously their fullback tight end and Reggie Gilliams on the roster, uh, officially running back straightforward, Singletary, Yeldon Moss, um, and then Taiwan Jones, mm-hmm. um, you know, they cut Antonio Williams. Don't know what's going to happen with Christian Wade. If they're going to put him on the exemption list or just cut him, uh, we'll see there. And then Davis uh, Webb was cut. Jake Fromm still on the roster as of this moment. That would cap off the offense um, with still a few cuts to go. So anything shock you there? Any, anything? I don't, I don't think there's anything real shocking, but where's everyone that said Devin Singletary was the next uh, Barry Sanders last year? Hmm. I mean, I, I think, or I mean, Christian, mean? I mean, Christian mean? Wade, Christian Wade. Oh, 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 oh. Um, okay. That I was just sense. looking, his name was just right above it. And I was just having like minor dyslexia there reading the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, okay. But no, Christian Wade, everyone was like, oh no, Christian Wade's going to be great next year. We don't even need another running back. Christian Wade's going to be the number one. Singletary's going to be the number two. No, like it mm-hmm. takes a while. Yes, we saw some flashes from him, but it takes a lot to learn the NFL game coming from rugby, very different. And to be able to block, to be able to 
understand positioning and leverage and different things like that, knowing when to chip, knowing when to cut different little things. It takes a while and not being able to get any game experience this year with no preseason, it kind of limits him in that making a big impact because most of the time, even, you know, when you're going, you know, if you want full go in practice, it's still, right. you know, it, it, it's not a game situation. It really isn't. And, you know, most of these guys, especially your veterans, you're just thudding. Like you're not trying to take yourself out of the, out of the situation. You're not trying to take your teammates out of the situation. So for the most part, like you can do some things, but you can't really take a huge, huge step unless you're doing some crazy stuff out there. And it, it doesn't seem like he was doing that. I think, you know, the bills will be fine though. Hopefully Singletary, you know, cuts those fumbles down that we've been hearing about. Um, That seems to be an issue, if you will. It's been, you know, a a national thing going around in in the fantasy football communities. Right. So, you know, does that mean Zach Moss is poised for a breakout year? I'd love the style he brings. If you have that big tenacious offensive line, if they're able to continue to mash people, you can wear people down late into games. And then that's when Josh Allen can gash you with some big deep throws. And I think that's a great way to play if you're the Bills this year, having so many more weapons. But if you're able to dictate things the way they did in certain games last season, you're just mashing guys over and over again with that offensive line. And then you just take your shots, mix in that play action. So, you know, they're not just keying in on Josh. He's not having to do too much. I think that's a perfect scenario for your offense. Yeah. And I mean, Christian Wade, I was a fan. I never would have said he was running back one, running back two. Um, you know, I was always like, can he be a running back three? I think it's possible that he could be. Um, pre- of all people, preseason hurt him the most, one of as much or more than a UDFA who had years of college, anyways. Um, it's going to hurt he's, him the most. He's 29 now. Like, yeah. Uh... I don't, I, I, here's my point. A lot of people are like, it's a free exemption. Yeah, it's a free exemption. But at the same time, you know, why mess around with it if he's 29 and you're not? If he's not in the plan, if he can't make even the regular, here's how I look at it. I don't know if there's stipulations why he can't be on the regular practice squad. Like let's place him on the regular practice squad in case he's there and we can call him up on a game basis or something. Um, But if you can't even make the regular practice squad, I don't, why, I guess it's a free exemption. I don't, I I don't know. But But yeah, is he, is he taking reps from other guys or other young guys? Yeah. Yeah. Like you have Antonio Williams, a young guy you could bring back. On, onto the practice squad out of UNC. He can do some things. Decent size at 5'11", 215. He's built similarly to your other running backs, but a little bigger. Um, and, you know, like maybe that's something they want to do is get him more reps. Like maybe you don't keep Christian Wade on that exemption, but right. we'll see what they do. I'm surprised. Like we're, you know, 45 minutes now after the deadline, still nothing fully official. Yeah, no, it's an interesting, interesting year to to be able to hold it out for somehow. I, I mean, obviously, it's I mean, there's a rule. There's it's been sent in. Um, it, how it hasn't leaked or why it hasn't been said what that rule is, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, obviously, there's the transactions are open, meaning the bills can release their initial set of fifty three, and then from there, um, they can make trades still at any point. So I don't know why. Even if you like, we talked about one scenario of keeping Foster just for now. Um, just will release that so we have so we know at least where they're at as of right now um, and you know going from there so I mean offense is that's offense it's pretty straightforward you're getting into the defense now it's high 
Um, you know, you keep, you know, you're keeping your defensive line intact. Got to give a shout out to monster monsters tuning in over on Facebook. Shout out monster. Hopefully he's our representative on part of my take. He just has so much vigor, so much enthusiasm for this bills team. And that's what I love out of the mafia. They're the just, just always bringing it just ready to run through a wall for that guy. Shout out to monster then. Um, for sure. Monster, leave some comments. Let us know your thoughts on as, as this, as we go here. Um, but um, so what, it, hold on. What your thoughts like about this backup quarterback position? Because okay. it looks like some guy, uh, well, Josh Rosen's already available. Right. I saw Nate Geary floating the idea that he could potentially be a better backup option than Barkley, but I don't, uh, I don't know mm. about that, but what do you think about them possibly keeping three with from on the active roster, or maybe putting him on the practice squad? Where do you think they'd go with this? You got to have three. I mean, that's not even a question anymore. Um, I don't know if you can even mess around with having one on the practice squad. You can have, I think, four with 16 practice squad guys. Davis Webb, for sure, is on the practice squad. Can you do two and two? I don't know. I don't know. That's risky. Someone could go and pluck him. Uh, there's just so many uncertain. It's tough to know exactly how to, to space this out. You go two and one, two and two, three and one. I don't know the exact number. You absolutely need to have three. Like, no questions. Yeah, I think I think this is why Brandon Bean was so and Sean McDermott were so upset when certain things were coming out that weren't supposed to be reported on. And a lot of people were sort of angry that this happened and was, you know, targeted right at Chris Brown, the the team's official reporter, but the teams want to do a lot of posturing in these situations. They don't want all this stuff getting out necessarily because they want to be able to, you know, stash some of these guys into their practice squad. They don't want all that stuff out. And I think that comes to a big spot in the on the Bills roster there with the quarterback, like if Fromm was just lo- absolutely lighting things up, you don't you don't want that out there. You you want people to think, no, oh, like absolutely he's, not. You know, he's just trying to learn his way. He's not picking things up real fast. Like he's just a development. He's a project, whatever. So I, I get where you know both sides on that on that argument were coming from, but right, you do want to have that anonymity when there's nothing going out there on film, really. Yeah. besides a few things that are you, the reporters are catching on. Yeah, and it's like what they said about there. about Gilliam too. Like you know, everyone's like he looks good. He's making these deep catches. Like and McDermott's like he's got a long way to go. Um, yeah. I thought that generally holds nothing. You generally doesn't say anything, um, but he did let that go. So I thought that was actually weird. The other way, where it was like, hmm. That's a weird comment. And then they transitioned to his new number and stuff. And yeah, at that point, it was like tight end, like yeah, designation. Yeah. It's very interesting. Then made the roster, though. So no posturing but really. Is needed. that, I don't know, is that part of the fact that you realize you're not getting um, the neck injury to um, Pat DeMarco and you're mm-hmm. not going to have him? Like, did, was that the big change? Like, they yeah. thought maybe DeMarco is, would be available, but then they find Possibly. out not for a couple of weeks. If they negotiate a buyout, could they could still sign him back in a few weeks, I guess, and then maybe transition Gilliam to the practice squad. Yeah, but, three weeks pep plus the buyout. So I'll call it, you know, if it's whatever I they don't know how bad, negotiated yeah, on it. Yeah, you don't really know at least halfway through the season or something. So we'll see what happens there. At least for now, though, if they do anything, Gilliam's got to be a move tight on halfback, you know, type of type of reach back type of role. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think you saw some of the dynamic nature from him um, in college for Toledo. You saw him catch a lot mm-hmm. of passes. He can do a lot of similar. He plays things. teams, Ty. He plays teams. Yep, yeah, exactly. So like you can figure out ways and 
to, you know, scheme him in and get some mismatches and, you know, get him open on some chip blocks or things like that, bringing him on motions, um, using that to figure out, you know, certain defensive schemes, right. things like that. So I think, you know, it's an, it's a very interesting move, but I think it's something like if you look for the teams who were in the top eight of scoring last year, didn't carry an official fullback on their roster. So it goes to prove and show that you can do it without a, a full-time fullback. I think if you have legitimate blocking tight ends, you can put them in sort of H back positions, if you will, you can still bring them into the backfield and most of them will be comfortable at, you know, most of their careers, probably in high school, they had to do similar things. They probably carried the ball a bit. You got to think about, you know, the sort of the pedigree of some of these players and them getting moved because just their size and, you know, college coaches being like, yeah, these guys are big. Let's get them bigger. You know, that type of thing. So they can offer a lot. I think, Um, I think especially Dawson Knox, you saw him grow a lot last year in his blocking think he's a big physical guy can he continue to evolve on that I think he's a great dynamic guy he's quick enough to right perform in that role if you really needed him to I think yeah I mean he, it's going to be an interesting to see what he does but there's going to be a lot of flexibility with him and I think he's part of the offense so we'll see if obviously with the special team's ability block so many kicks in the Mac, we'll see if he's eligible to stay on the roster or if he's going to be in the active roster mm-hmm. on week one. So interesting name to keep an eye on. Definitely going to get some time while Sweeney's down. The bigger question is when Sweeney's back in six weeks, do they convert him over to the IR? Do they activate him? I mean, they're going to have to find a spot for him and Gilliam's the, the spot. So he at least has a six week tryout to see how he does in this role between special teams and that move role you were talking about. Um, I guess it's time to hop over to the defense as of right now, defensive line is still pretty mm-hmm. stacked, not too many, too much news coming out of there, except the aforementioned Justin Zimmer getting cut, Brian Cox, hoping to go to the practice Vincent squad, Taylor, Vincent Taylor, uh, Tanzel smart and got it look good. Um, but Daryl Johnson did make the roster. So you're looking at Hughes, Addison, Murphy, Epinesa, Daryl Johnson, and Mike love at this moment, um, on the roster. Um, obviously they need to make another move at that. The DN spots already heavy. Obviously, yeah. then Oliver Jefferson, Harrison Phillips, and Vernon Butler are locked. So that's that room's probably set at that four. Um, linebackers pretty set right now with Edmonds, Milano, Klein, Dodson, Medikevich, and Del- Delshawn Phillips. The surprise of the day, Delshawn Phillips. I did mm-hmm. notice Delshawn covering Singletary in snaps. I didn't know if that was due to injuries, but yeah. So it, it it seems like he's a very athletic linebacker. Can play on the outside if if he's good enough to cover you know legitimate NFL running backs. If he's doing a good job you know, with Singletary in practice, if he's able to lock down some of these tight ends, even though the Bills, you know, don't have upper echelon guys, if he's proving he can do it against them at an NFL level, then, you know, I'm all for it. He was a Big Ten guy, played at Illinois, was supposed to play in the MAC at first, went to JUCO um, because of his grades, ended up being an all-academic Big Ten guy. So you see he does have that work ethic. He's willing to do those extra things he has to do, it seems. So, you know, if he's doing that, he, it seems like a process guy to me. Yeah. And then, you know, going to the DBU side, you know, the safeties are locked and Hyde Poyer, Marlowe and Jaquan Johnson, who said to be a standout on teams and has been great so far. And then cornerback, you know, looks pretty locked in. I guess they could trim it to five. They have six right now. Yeah. And Trey, uh, Taron Johnson, Levi Walsh, Josh Norman, Saran Neal, and Dane Jackson. They could do something with Jackson. Um, but I'd watch that group. 
Um, mm. I think they'll hold on to D- Dane Jackson until I, maybe... I think so too, because Neil is sort of a, a flex right. cornerback safety they need an type. So it's guy. like an, it's yeah. like an extra safety slash corner. So I think they'd love that flexibility with what Saran Neal can do. You saw them throwing a little bit more as the season went on last year to him. And he seemed to really grasp it as the season went on. I think he could be one of those guys that sneakily has a breakout year in his role for the bills. Right. Specialists are pretty locked in bass by Orquez and Reed Ferguson. That's good to go for there. We'll always take an eye on punter um, as cuts happen. Patriots actually just cut their other kicker, by the way. So they're going wow. kickerless. Um, so we'll see if they're a Hauschka destination or what's going to happen there. Uh, but New England is kickerless um, as we approach week one. Um, so we were talking about two kickers. Uh, New England said, uh, I don't care what you guys think. Uh, uh, we're going to start kickerless. And, uh, but you know, from there, they could add, end up adding three. So we'll see, we'll see what happens in New England. They have that health protocol. It's pretty, pretty worrisome um, to I'm, – I'm thinking they're going to put Rowasser on the practice squad maybe um, and then worry about our starting kicker or something, but they don't have one. Yeah. Um, so um, we'll see what happens there, but it's very interesting to note um, the lack of kicker after us talking about – how many kickers you should keep. Um, so, I mean, it's Bill Belichick. So like, I'm not going right. to be hypercritical of him in this situation. He's obviously got some sort of plan. He knows what he's doing. Maybe, yeah. maybe that plan involves I'm getting a worse kicker because he's really trying to tank. Cause you know, I, not a bad, got, not a bad football, tie. football, Jesus, touchdown, Jesus, T God, Trevor Lawrence out there, obviously going to be starting next, next oh. weekend, I believe is it at wake forest I, th- I think they're hosting college game day next week are they okay yeah so that'll be fun to watch the number one team and the number one prospect going into the season this year trevor lawrence a lot of teams are going to be licking their chops to get down there but i don't know it's going to be an interesting season like i think besides the jaguars i don't know who is necessarily like an easy definite like tanking team like they just they have a lack of talent down there yeah, yeah, no, it's a hundred percent. We'll see what happens. They did cut Carlos Hyde. I know they're banged up at the running back spot across the board. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens with one million dollar Cam Newton um, at this point. Uh, he's their X factor. If he's good, you know, they have really good DBs. I mean, if Cam Newton's good, I mean, they could win as many games as they can. Um, if he's not good, it's a bad team. Um, you know, Sonny Michelle is coming off that hand surgery. You know, James White's their third down running back. Damon Harris is coming off an injury. Um, you know, there's not a like, lot to like in the receiver position. They just cut Sanu after trading a second round pick for him. Um, you know, he didn't even make the roster probably for cap reasons, which shows me they're not trying to win, but they really are on a two receiver room um, with Nikhil Harry and Julian Edelman. Like there's not even anyone else on the roster that is, would make the bills. Um, so no. there, there are two, one of those gets hurt and they really don't have anything. Um, you know, they're carrying Demir Bird and Matthew Slater, two special teamers, Jacoby Myers, another kicker, punt return guy, Gunnar Olawowski. I mean, they just, it's just nothing there on that roster. The defense is always going to be decent. No, um, it, it feels like he's trying, like, if you look at the guy, some of the guys they drafted this year, it looks like almost project type guys who are going to need a year to really learn under Belichick until mm-hmm. they could possibly, you know, be standout guys. Who is uh, the guy that got out of D2? Um, can't think of his name. Everyone was in love with him this year going into the draft. He was sort of the the darling of the ball, if you will. Um, From on New England? Yeah. Um, um, did they draft him? Yeah, he was a guy. He plays like safety, linebacker. Like he's like that. All oh, 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 are you are you talking about Kyle Duggar? 
Kyle Duggar. Yeah. 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 So okay. like you look at picks like that and it's, they're the type of guys that Belichick sort of loves because of their versatility, but can they necessarily step in and play day one in the NFL in all of those roles he wants to use them in? No, probably not. It's going to take a little bit of time, especially not having that preseason experience. So it's going to be interesting to watch. I, I've seen a lot of prognosticators still have more confidence in New England than they do on the Bills this year. And most of that probably is because of Josh Allen. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's a give and take on that. You know, as well as I do, the national perception of him. It's much different than the perception of him within Buffalo. And he's he's proven he can do it. Will he do it? That remains to be seen. Like, But we're hoping he's got all the weapons there he needs. And you look at what Cam Newton has around him in New England to perform, and it's not what Josh Allen has around him. It's not yeah. even close anymore. Yeah, no, I mean, for sure. Um, we'll see once again. I'm very interested to know if they go the Hauschka route too. Um, that's something I'm going to keep an eye on at that kicker kicker group. I'm just for no other reason than I hate to have him like ha- hate to have him hit a game winning kick on us. I don't know. There's something about that. They had all those voluntary opt outs too, Ty. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't really talk about that in New England. Brandon Bolden, Marcus Cannon, Devontae Hightower, uh, Dan Vitale, a fullback. They really like Pat Chung, another safe starting yeah. safety. They like Matt Lacoste, uh, Marquise Lee, a potential receiver. They thought they could do big things with. Um, so there are a bunch of, of opt-outs there. The defense took a big hit, um, really strong at DB, like the best DBs in the league as a, as a unit. Um, yeah. It's a very strong unit, like four or five deep at cornerback, like literally JC Jackson's good. Jonathan Jones is good. Gilmore, McCourty, um, you know, they like Bethel a lot. Um, they have Kyle Duggar, as you mentioned, obviously there's, you know, they have Devin, Devin McCourty as well, Adrian Phillips. There's a lot of guys there that they, they like a lot. Um, so it's a good DB unit. That front seven's not going to be as good as it was last year. We'll see what Josh Shea is. Um, taking the second round, a guy that could be a prototypical, you know, pass rusher, you know, all do everything in that defense type of player. Um, they took Anthony Jennings, a big thumping linebacker too. Um, so we'll see what happens at that position group. And they kind of downgraded there on the defensive line, going to Bo Allen, a guy they overpaid from Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously have Lawrence Guy, Adam Butler, a couple names there, but nothing. Um, though the, the nugget of the day, Ty, about New England, um, we'll get off of them. They cut Michael Jackson and Bill Murray. <laughs> um, so both on defense, both cut in the same same cuts. Jeez. I mean, that's that's that that's pretty good, right? I didn't even know they were both on the roster, but that's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Bill Murray, defensive tackle, defensive end. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's just wild to me. The bills right now, well at the Buffalo Creek, they're slight favorites. Other places they still have the Patriots slight favorites to win the division. Um, I just think what, what the bills have added to this team after what they did last season, I don't get why so many people are expecting them to take a step back. When I, I get, you know, sort of the defensive production type stuff when you look mm-hmm. at the variance year to year. And the Bills have had, you know, a, a top 10 defense the past few seasons. So you would expect some sort of regression. But that usually happens because you overpay one or two guys and you end up losing a lot of your role guys in that. And you have to have a bunch of young guys step in, people who weren't necessarily as fit for that position. But that hasn't happened with the Bills. The Bills have continued to add more depth. And I think they're they're in a better position on defense than they were even a season ago. Yeah, and the Jets' cuts came out too. So we'll talk about them real just real quickly. Um, this is their week one opponent. Uh, their quarterback position is Darnold, Flacco, and Morgan, their draft pick. Um, they're going with Belgore and P. Ryan. 
at the running back spot, Perryman, Mims, uh, Jameson Crowder, Chris Hogan made the roster, Braxton Berrios. Uh, and then uh, they're going to go to Smith's there to back up at the receiver spot. Um, Herndon, a, a good tight end, Griffin and Wesco. Um, the offensive line's completely revamped and back in fan. Um, you know, they're going to Lewis, uh, Greg Van Rotten there. Um, you know, they have McDermott still that, that they kept from the Bills. Um, it governs there as well. So a uh, much changed offensive line. They kind of copied the Bills mold from last year. Uh, the defense, we'll see what they're able to do. I think it's much maligned. It's a lot worse than it's usually been. But, you know, they, they still got Williams uh, stand out and on top pick there. Uh, Henry Anderson, who hurt uh, Stephen Hauschka. Um, you know, they're going to McClendon at, at nose tackle, pretty underrated nose tackle. Linebacker's not great. Uh, Jenkins, Basham, um, you know, not too much there. You know, Neville Hewitt, Blake Cashman, um, cornerbacks, Desir, um, and Austin and Poole, uh, Mollett and Wilson, not a good cornerback unit at all. No, they're going with five corners, three safeties. Not great. Um, no. Marcus May's really good. Really the only guy good mm. back there. McDougald's hit and miss, and then their draft pick Davis. Yeah. Um, they're, they're an injury away from being in big trouble in both of those spots, and it's not good to begin with. Um, and it's not a good team. It's not a good team. It, with Sam Darnold, Le'Veon Bell, if Perriman and Mims are healthy, could they make something happen? Yeah, they're scary enough to make something happen, but they especially like Herndon a lot. It scares me a little bit. But – it's not a good unit. Um, it's just, there's nothing good about that team. I, as I've talked about on the show last week, I hate to play them week one only because they can always catch you. It's always a team you'd rather play later. Cause I like the Jets last year, they were awful. Um, mm-hmm. they, they played one of their best games week one. Um, and that's exactly, you know, what I was you know kind of worried about in this one. I always like to play the better teams first tie because, um, you can catch them off guard. Yeah. You get them out of the way and less film, yeah, less film. I, and in this case, we're the better team. So, um, you know, we'll yeah. have to see what happens there. It's not a good roster, and that's no. if everyone's healthy. No, it's it's not. And I think Denzel Mims might be a sneaky guy you can get later sure. on in your fantasy leagues. Um, you just look at what they have at receiver. They don't have yeah. too much. Denzel Mims. And he hasn't guy, practiced. Yeah, yeah. And I I loved what I saw from him at the Senior Bowl and, and the Combine. I think he can do – he's very, very dynamic guy. He can mm-hmm. go up high, point the ball. He's got some very good speed as well, some good breakaway speed and routes. He's got some sneaky cuts. And he's just a guy that could make a big impact on a team because they don't have any other weapons really out there. Pretty much everyone's been banged up at the receiver position. Jameson right. Crowder is the biggest name there. No, that's true. And, you know, Herndon – They've had, you know, big aspirations for him after a little bit of breakout time, but he's just been hurt so much and yep. gotten into a little bit of trouble too on the field. So yep. how much are you going to get out of him too? I, I think Denzel Mims, if you're going to go for anyone on that team in fantasy, he's probably the only guy I'm touching. Yeah, probably. And at least for week one purposes, we'll see if he's even eligible to play. Yeah. He barely practiced. Um, you know, they've, they're really banged up at that group. So we'll see what ends up happening or if we're going to see a lot of, I mean, Barrios has been banged up too. It might, and Perryman's been banged up. I mean, you're going to see a lot of Jamison Crowder, Chris Hogan, which Chris Hogan wasn't even on the roster um, Mm -hmm. for, for longer than a week and a half ago. So offensive lines are racked. So the good news is that it's a fully new offensive line. They might gel later in the season, but you're talking about a draft pick and Mackay Becton. You're talking about Alex Lewis, a guy coming over from Baltimore. You're talking about Connor McGovern from Denver. You're talking about Greg Van Rotten from Carolina and George Fan, a backup in Seattle. Um, so you're talking about uh, uh, not nothing. Um, it's like a patchwork quilt. 
Yeah. I mean, it could work out. The bills did something similar, but at least had a little more continuity than that. So we're going to have to see um, exactly how that plays out, but it's not a good offensive line um, at all. Um, so it's, it's, it's an interesting group, but it, it'll be one that at least week one, maybe the good news is you're getting them kind of a little hurt. You're getting them off of a new offensive line, um, trading Jamal Adams, uh, is Adam Gase on his way out on the hot seat tie? I don't, mm-hmm. there's a lot of talking points with the Jets, which makes them interesting, but I think that's a, especially at home. They actually did a study that, um, the crowd itself it does not give an advantage to a team. So there's something to note there. It's the travel, it's the hotel, it's the out of your routine. It's all mm. of that. That's a little bit more traveling west to east coast, east to west coast. Those numbers are terrible. And um, and the thing is this year, it seems like teams are more than likely going to be traveling in in the morning and yep. then going right to the Less game time. Yep. rather than coming in, getting acclimated a day or two. You've even seen some teams stay you know, out west to – stay acclimated to the west coast time things like that we won't be seeing that this year and the bills have a couple west coast trips so i don't love that but going east to west i think will be a little bit easier just because you know you're going back in time you're playing later than you're playing earlier than you're used to i think that's a little bit of an easier adjustment for some of these teams so Right. You know, that's something to at least monitor throughout the season. It's going to be a big change for some of these teams. Yeah. And that new COVID rules are coming in too. We can talk about here breaking kind of, they're not going to do any testing on Sunday. The last test is going to be 8.30 PM on Saturday, probably due to the fact that they need to know if they pass that test, if someone's in question. Yep. So that both teams have plenty of time to know if he'll be active, not, not at 10 AM on, on Sunday. Um, so you'll have time to walk in the building and know if XYZ player is going to be available. So that was, I think the biggest change, no Sunday testing for the COVID. So if you need that Sunday test to pass, unfortunately, you're not going to get it. If you can't pass, if you don't get the test, if you, if you don't, if you don't pass on Saturday, I don't want you anywhere near the field anyways. Just on in either, case. Yeah. On either side. Yeah, we saw, we saw those false positives. It yep. looks like they've sort of figured that situation out. I think they're moving to the rapid tests as well. So that yeah, should sure. help speed things up too. Shout out the NBA for sort of leading the charge on that yep. one. Make sure that got done um, because it looks like that might be the reason we end up having Pac-12 football this year too, which will be awesome if we can get everything back. Hopefully we get some action as well. Um, it should be a lot cheaper for these programs to do the testing. It's a lot cheaper for the NFL teams to do the testing, obviously for sure. too. Yep. So you know, that takes a, a lot of pressure off some of these teams, I think, knowing that. But it, it really still all comes down to the players making sure they're doing the proper things they're supposed to do with social distancing, not going out in public, really. And that's the big it, one, right? It's, it, it, it sucks. It really does. But it, it's sort of like the only thing you can do to guarantee you're going to have a season, guarantee you have a chance to win the Super Bowl. And we've heard everything, you know, out of one bill's drive. It's they want this chance this year. They don't want to give it up. No one ended up really, you know, no one big really opted out because they wanted to have this chance together. They believe in it, this chance together. And it seems like the players are fully bought into that, at least here in Buffalo. And you could opt it out. Like you said, Ty, I mean, you could opt it out if it was, you know, if it was in your family um, to do that, if that was your decision, um, if you didn't want to go to these protocols, if you wanted to hang out with your family more, all are acceptable. Um, But you would, you should have opted out. Maybe, Mm -hmm. 
that was your decision, um, but you decided to play. And just like if I had made that decision, I would hope you're not going out in the public and putting your team and staff in um, jeopardy, um, like we've seen around the MLB, which was a horrible example of what to do and how to how to react. Although they weren't in a bubble, they just not did, didn't do a very good job, um, mm-hmm. depending on the team. So it's an interesting discussion. I mean, it's a whole other factor in this whole situation, um, but. I have I have good good feelings that the numbers are down in the NFL. They're doing the right things. They're getting daily tests, which are now extended. Forgot to mention that is also as of today daily testing. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a given, but um, it was extended. Um, that that is going to continue on for the. I, but I don't think there's an end date in that, but there apparently was. Uh, as of the week one, it wasn't daily. Um, maybe they thought they were going to go every week. Uh, I don't, I don't know, yeah. uh, but it was extended to daily, um, testing for, for those purposes. Um, so it's, it, I'm, I'm glad that the, the NFL has had so long to figure out the right ways to go through this, see what the MLB did to see what the NBA did, um, and make their own assumptions. And they got lucky. I think they got lucky with being able to know how to take the travel piece of the NBA and then take all the good safety pro protocols of the N, uh, of the NBA and all the travel of the MLB, excuse me, um, and kind of mesh it together and say, take the pros of the MLB situation, the pros of the NBA situation and others. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make our own. They, they had that and they, they were lucky that, that this started like post Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So another interesting note uh, just came out from Marcel Luis Jacques currently San Francisco and Buffalo are the only two markets in which players are required to wear face coverings on the sideline. This is per the NFL and NFLPA's latest COVID policy. Um, so that'll be something interesting to note. Um, obviously, it's, you know, we saw some of these concept helmets with the face masks being, you know, put in them. Also, the ones with, the, you know, the full visor over the entire cage. Um, Does it say the requirement? Why? Who? Is that? It can't be a state because other teams are in that state. It has to do with the specific locale, the specific market. Well, our numbers are terrible here. Right now, yeah, Western New York is on a bit of an uptick, which is going to hurt the chances of <clears throat> to tailgate or attend any games. Yeah, that's, that was our own fault, I guess, right? It's a discussion for another day. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, I, you're right. That's got to be the reason because uh, it's not state-specific um, or I don't think team-specific. Mm-hmm. So that's got to be the team – look, the league, excuse me, looking at numbers in each market and saying, San Fran, you guys got to do it. Buffalo, you guys got to do it for now. And, they, like, Ty, shouldn't they be anyways? Like, um, or do you not think because of the, the rapid testing that, that it's not, if there's no one, if there's no one in the stands, everyone's tested negative. Like you could test negative on Saturday and, you know, possibly start to show something, but like, it's very, very unlikely because the viruses should, the virus should at least be in your system and you would hope it would crack it. At that point, but we've seen some cases where there's been some issues with that before. Um, so, I mean, once you know you're on the sidelines, what's the difference than you know if you have your helmet on, you're touching these guys all over on the field. Once you're on the sidelines, I guess like it's it's an extra precaution, but how much is it really preventing? I mean, not so much when you have these guys sweating all over each other in a contact sport. I mean, I guess it's a little different. It was something like baseball, but um, 
Yeah. I don't know. Oh, we've got the official official uh, announcement here. The full release list. Davis Webb, Antonio Williams, Christian Wade, Ro- and Andre Roberts, Duke Williams, Robert Foster, Nate Becker, Jason Kroom, Brian Dean Allen, Marlowe. Dane Jackson, Cam Lewis, Dean Marlowe, Josh Thomas, Brian Cox, Mike Love, Justin Zimmer, Tanzel Smart, Vincent Taylor, Andre Smith, Evan Bohm, Trey Adams, Markel Harrell, Victor Salako, and Brandon Walton. What are your biggest surprise on there? Um, Really only one, and it's no third safety. So that's goofy. That's a situation of we're going to bring you back the second we put Feliciano on IR. Um, That's got to be the player. Um, As simple as that, Ty, is uh, looking through the numbers here. Um, cutting Andre Roberts is interesting. Um, yeah. Who do you think they're going to have then as a main return guy? Isaiah McKenzie on punts, uh, Taiwan Jones. Um, must be. Well, people were getting very antsy with saying Andre Roberts was for sure a lock. Um, but yeah. No, I mean the answer Apparently was not. no. Yeah. Um, there's no other way to put that. I mean, Micah Hyde returned punts in his career, um, but Taiwan Jones is going to be the the kick returner. But we don't know. It's one of two players, right? So we don't know if if Roberts or Marlowe um, situationally are going to be brought back. I don't. Did Rob, Roberts doesn't go to waivers though, so maybe he's the guy that they bring back. Um. Interesting. They did not post. Everyone was saying about seven receivers, um, and they don't. They don't do it. Nope. They don't go to it. And they they don't. They don't do it. So yeah, everyone had that like locked in. Basically, we're we're definitely keeping seven. But Andre Roberts does seem to be, I guess, the surprise move for me. I think a lot of people thought just from what he offered to the return game last season that he would be able to secure a spot this year. But it seems like that's not the case, at least right away. But as you've mentioned, you know, we've both mentioned throughout this, they're going to be able to bring some guys back. Um, I think he's he's probably, yeah, I, it's got to be him or him or Milo, the first two candidates to bring right back to the active roster. Yeah, that, those would be the two candidates. You may be thinking both could go to the practice squad because there are there's no rules. Uh, numbers elsewhere. So they did end up cutting Foster. Um, there are what I was going to say, there were rumblings that Duke Williams is somehow uh, is wanted by San Fran. I don't know how they could already know that if maybe Duke was told that because he's been pretty vocal with be- talking to people, DM yeah, and stuff. I'm, I'm sure his agent, his agent's probably talking to people. I would I'd imagine that San Fran could lie, but apparently at this point to our knowledge, San Francisco is looking to put in a waiver claim on Duke Williams. We'll see if that comes to fruition or if that's just his agent drumming up um, interest. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's a lot to digest there. They did go to the six receivers. Um, McKenzie was a, cone, a stone cold lock um, to the roster that mm-hmm. we all, they love him. Um, if they're going to let Robert Foster go, there was no way Brian Dable wasn't going to hold on to Isaiah McKenzie. I was pretty overlooked in the process. Overlooked in the process was Andre Roberts. I appreciate them not doing everything they can for special teams. So Kevin's appreciative to them not making every single decision about special teams. Um, they had to keep some talent. They had to do other things. Um, the Delshawn Phillips needing the sixth linebacker that no one really knew of is interesting. 
Um, we'll see how that plays a role. If they'd rather go that route than Dean Marlowe, a guy who is very considered to be the third safety. The team has three safety right now. I guess Saran Neal's kind of that that jack of all trades, but they're light at DB. I mean, you're talking yeah. about eight. Is it eight? Yep. It's eight. Five That's low. We, um, we were just that, talking about how the Jets were doing that. We didn't expect the Bills to do it, and then they did it. Eight's low, Ty. So maybe you know what happened? Here's what happened. How many good safeties? Haha, Clinton Dix got cut. You saw, um, you know, you know, safeties across the league going down like flies, being traded. Um, Harrison, a, a third-round pick from, mm-hmm. from Jacksonville, was traded. Um, you know, there was, there was lots of weird things happening in the safety market, and teams are just like, you know what? If these safeties are floating around, we're going to cut ours, um, and we're going to be able to, to, to know we can keep them on the practice squad or go get another good safety at some point. Yeah. The safety market's been bizarre, um, to say the least, for, for whatever reason. Uh, Jaquan Johnson was the third guy that they'd like to keep. They're going to expose those guys to waivers too. I don't believe Andre Roberts would go to waivers. Um, so the only thing we don't know is if Roberts is the play to put Feliciano on IR and then they're going to have a deal like they did last year, um, like they did with Kirk Coleman. Um, so they did that safety last year. So I don't know. Either Dean Marlowe is going to be immediately put back on the roster um, or Andre Roberts would be my take unless they like someone else around the league. Um, they could have made those decisions uh, last minute. Um, but Perino is our own Matt Perino is reporting um, Andre Roberts and Dean Marlowe expected to resign with the Bills tomorrow. Um, so sounds like we're uh, psychic. Um, so that <laughs> means that they'll be putting two players on IR um, with Feliciano and who am I missing that could go on IR? Um, Sweeney's already on the PUP. Um, am I missing someone else hurt that they kept? Um. Maybe we don't know. Or does the DeMarco just count? Does he count? Yeah, I might. Place on reserve PUP. So only Tommy Sweeney's being reported on reverse PUP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it might be DeMarco going to the IR. That's got to be it. He doesn't show on the cut list, right? No. no. So it's got to be DeMarco. Okay. So, yep, DeMarco um, was not officially. Well, no, because he wasn't officially moved yesterday. So he wouldn't show up today. So DeMarco and the two linebackers wouldn't show up today. Voshan Joseph and uh, Corey Thompson wouldn't show up today. No. Okay. So no, it's not DeMarco. He's already off the roster. Um, I'm not sure where the other roster spot frees up from, but someone's going on the IR. So, because it's Sweeney's put to PUP. So someone else will be, will be, put to the IR that made the initial roster at least for three weeks. We don't know who that player is. Uh-huh. Uh, it might shock us. So we'll see um, what they, they did cut Evan Bain. Um, so Evan Bain was beat out. Another guy that a lot of considered a lock. So he was beat out by Butker and Ryan Bates yep. um, for that position group. Um, so I don't see the injury offhand. Um, unless I'm missing something very obvious. Um, I don't see the injury um, who they would place on the uh, Taiwan Jones? He's been hurt. Um, might be. They might place him and put up Andre Roberts. Yeah, yeah. I mean that—that's the only one I have right now. Um, <laughs> if Taiwan can't play for three weeks, he's the one I'm leaning toward. I don't know of any other injuries on the roster uh, from players who made the roster. So hopefully it's not someone good, <laughs> um, and hopefully it is just um, going to be a situation where you place Taiwan Jones. Yeah. Um, on the injury injury list, um, but as of right now, we got Jake Fromm on the active roster, the active fifty three. I mean, you you said it; they needed to carry three just in case something happened. Three plus one, maybe even. 
Um, I wouldn't. I really wouldn't be surprised if you bring Davis Webb back there yeah. for the practice squad. He's been around a little bit. He knows the system well enough that if you really have to throw him out there, I, I mean, I don't want to throw him out there in an active ge- regular season game. But like, if he's got to be a backup, I guess you know, it's not the, not the end of the world. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, though they, there's enough value to keep him developing on the active roster, not expose him to waivers. Um, that's the Bills' thoughts. I, you know, I, I was higher on from than a lot were. Uh, I loved his play. I watched him since the high school days. Um, I followed him. I watched his um, QB1 on Netflix. Go watch mm-hmm. it if you haven't. Good show. Mm-hmm. Um, I followed him in college. I thought he was pretty good. Beat out um, Justin Fields. Um, I, he's got talent. I don't think he's as for sure terrible. I don't think it's such an easy swap of Josh Rosen for Jake Fromm or something. I think from the guy they liked, they got good value on. They had a higher mm-hmm. – they've admitted they had a third-round grade or higher on him. Um, they said two rounds um, they would start to think about from. So at least a third-round grade um, they had on him. Um, they got value on it. They wouldn't have made the pick. He can develop for $700,000, not be active. You have to have an active tie on the game day. And the team's healthy as far yep. as we know. We don't know yet until Wednesday. Um, but the team's healthy, and you're going to have to put healthy players on the inactive list. So the, the, the immediate is third quarterback, perfect to not be able to play. You place him on the inactive list and can point to him if Barkley or Allen, something happens injury-wise or sickness-related. So you have that to say. Fromm was always – I didn't know what to make of the Davis Webb talk. Uh, a lot of people said he got beat out by Davis Webb. Yeah. I can't confirm that. But to me, I thought he was always a lock. He's a fifth-round pick. Very rarely, I think it's very limited, like the 11% number that you brought up about claims. It's lower than that, I think, for fifth-round picks being cut. Um, there's been a little weird thing going on this year with some day two and day three picks mm-hmm. being traded and cut. The team liked him. They drafted him. You're not gonna, I, I, generally leaning toward – they wouldn't have if they liked Davis Webb. It's pretty yeah. – you'd spend a fifth-round pick elsewhere. You wouldn't have drafted him if Davis Webb, unless it was that vast of a difference, just in one training camp setting, no games, in a training camp setting uh, with one scrimmage that it was him. We don't know that. Um, so the situations are interesting. Um, but Fromm yeah. did deserve the spot. As of right now, he's on the roster. Um, I, I guess if Davis Webb – gets claimed to the practice squad, maybe they then feel more comfortable. I don't know. Um, but as of today, he's on the he's on the the 53, and we'll see what happens. We know the two roster moves that are happening tomorrow. Um, I guess we'll see where those moves come from. Ty, and see how healthy the team is. Any any thoughts from you on the final roster? Any Anything you have? Um, I think most of it played out very similarly to the way we figured. Um, we were – you know, you and I were speculating it was probably – it might be two guys that you thought were going to make the roster that they were going to be bringing back immediately, and that ended up being the case. It seems like Dean Marlowe and Andre Roberts are the two that are going to be brought back right now from Matt Perino and a bunch of other sources. So, shout out for them being on Is that immediately. Not, Marlowe must not be eligible because that means um, – I mean, he's over four years of Is he? experience. Okay. I didn't know that. I know he's right he's on not the border. Eligible. Yeah. He's right on the border. Um. Uh, so he must be right at that number yeah. because I know Roberts isn't. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's, yep. so it's, it seems like another smart, smart day from Brandon Bean making the right moves, getting the right guys to stay around. <clears throat> we'll see what they end up doing with the practice squad. If they end up, you know, poke, poaching any other guys off the waivers, that'll be something we'll have to stay tuned for over the next couple of days. But as you know, as the roster is constructed right now, it looks like a playoff team to me. 
and no huge surprises, especially with, you know, those two names that we were saying were the biggest, you know, surprise cuts being brought back tomorrow. So, you know, we'll just have to see, you know, how everything works out come week one against the Jets. I'm extremely excited to get the season underway. Yeah, and I mean, we'll get back at you too. You know, we're going to have many shows this week where we'll dissect it after first wave's obviously done. Um, we'll get into the second wave of stuff. You know, obviously we know the two resignings and we'll get into any future moves. Um, guys like Fromm, Gilliam stay on, Delshawn Phillips stays on. Um, they're going to do something at DB, I think, beside the Marlowe move. Um, so we'll see if there's any future moves at DB. Yep. At linebacker, D-line seems pretty set. Trent Murphy was the over-talked-about story. No no use cutting depth at that position group to get weird with, with money. You yeah. need to have it. They're going to win this year. Maybe if you weren't going to win this year, you cut him. Um, that was a pretty overblown topic. I was always team uh, Trent Murphy. Uh, I just thought he had just like, yeah, you can pay a little too much, but I think he adds great depth at that position group. Um, so we'll see what happens if those kind of those last kind of guys stay on the roster. Ike Butker, they love a lot of people didn't realize mm-hmm. him as a lock. The team went and reclaimed him. They were so upset at losing him uh, after cutting him two years ago. They reclaimed him from Kansas City. Ryan Bates, they loved since they traded for him. Um, so there were some pretty, pretty big signs. Yep. Obviously, they weren't going to let any of their rookies go and, um, and Hodgins and obviously not Gabe Davis. Um, so Foster did end up getting cut tie. That's kind of where it was at. They probably worked they the tried. phones and teams yep. were like, you, your team's too good to keep too many, to, to keep eight receivers. I'm sorry. You don't want to expose, I guess, from or Gilliam, I guess you don't want to expose or Delshawn Phillips. You don't want to expose mm-hmm. any of those three to waivers. Um, especially knowing, hmm, I don't know. That's, that's an interesting situation, especially knowing you're going to resign Roberts. Your number's still at six today. I don't know. I thought they could have done a little bit more there, but I get it. You know, you don't want to mess around with something for a six round pick. Like you really, yeah. you don't want to. As, I, yeah. As much as you want to try to get every asset you can back for players, you don't ever want to let people go for nothing. Uh, you, you, you can't really be upset that they didn't make it, make that move because like you said, like, I mean, I don't know if Delshawn Phillips is necessarily on anyone else's radar, but apparently Brandon Bean must have thought so, or Sean McDermott just thought yeah, yeah. highly enough of him that he wanted him straight onto the roster. So, you know, that might just go to speak to what, you know, the coaches really think of Delshawn Phillips. I think that might be more of the case than anything um, because he, yeah. he might have been that guy that I think is on, Phillips. The, on the cusp. Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting. They didn't want to expose Phillips, like we said, from or Gilliam to the to the to the group. Um, I think that's not exposing someone super important. But I, you know, I'm not in the rooms. I'm not in the special teams room. That's that's what I'm um, saying. Like I think they must have a bigger idea of his role on this team and how he fits in. Maybe um, in the future, maybe they're grooming him. He seems to be like that athletic mold similarly ish to Matt Milano where he can get, you know, sideline to sideline. He seems to be able to cover pretty much anyone on the field. So, um, you know, if he's able to continue that, if he's able to continue mm-hmm. to grow, mm-hmm. you know, that could be, you know, we're, we're looking for someone to fill in for, you know, the loss of Lorenzo Alexander as well. So we'll see now that cuts are made now that, you know, things are on chips around the table. We know potentially Duke Williams claim. We don't know if that's going to hold any water um, but I mean, they're going to hope here's the hope tide to kind of wrap this up. Mm-hmm. They're going to hope that Foster or Williams, one of them is going to get claimed because at the end of the day, 
no one says that one of those or both of those aren't going to be on this team in a practice squad capacity mm-hmm. and elevated to that two-man extra unit or elevated at some point the first injury. They're going to keep six receivers on the roster all year. If one injury happens, either of those yeah. are going to happen. So they're really banking on the fact that those are like, you know what? We're going to get one of those on the practice squad 100% or you don't cut them both. So we're going to see what happens because that's huge depth to have knowing your offense already. Both have been the system two plus years. You're going to have that system knowledge. So it's different than going out and getting another semi-talented receiver. Mm-hmm. These guys are ready to go. Um, they're ready to play. Um, so they're really banking on the fact that Duke Williams doesn't get claimed. And if he does, Robert Foster might be the guy that goes unclaimed. So we'll have to see if they both get claimed. Well, the Bills probably should have exposed Delshawn Phillips to waivers. Personally, that's my opinion. I didn't see Delshawn this year. Uh, he's a guy that they didn't even have in camp last year. He's a guy they claimed in October for the practice squad. to gave him a future steal. Uh, and then, you know, He's a success story. An undrafted free agent ends up making the roster as you've, um, you know, you said, you know, guy that start tried to play in the Mac, uh, you know, didn't have the grades and went on to be an all- academic all American. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens, but I don't think that this is over. And I don't think that Gilliam or Delshawn Phillips are on the roster. Um, do you have any final questions or anything going on? Anything you see? Um, hmm. um Nothing else really big going on, but Kev, I'm just going to put you on the spot right here, right now. Give me three or four names you think the Bills bring back to the practice squad that you think they're fully targeting. Cam Lewis, um, number one, probably number one, especially at that five cornerback number. Um, So um, he's going to be at the top of the list. Brian Allen, another cornerback that they cut a boundary cornerback. Well, now they in. cut Dane Jackson. It might be Dane yeah. Jackson over Allen. Yep. But, yeah, yeah, true. They cut Dane Jackson. So either or, I guess it's up to them who they like more, or both, all three, because they mm-hmm. only have five cornerbacks. Um, could be as many as three. Um, especially Neil, Neil can play both safety. So they might be okay there. I know they like Josh Thomas. The safety was said to play well at, um, in camp. So he's a name to watch out for. Uh, obviously, Davis Webb. Uh, he's a guy that they're gonna they're gonna and then the two receivers we talked about obviously yep. Foster and Duke Williams for sure. Um, those those are the most likely names. They're gonna probably want a tight end there. You know whether Krum or Becker, um, they're gonna probably do something on on that front. And then the defensive line they liked what they saw from Cox and Mike Love and Tanzel Smart. Um, honestly, there's a lot of good names and the Bills are deep. So um, those would be the names I was looking for. And then, you know, they cut their linebacking core and Joshan Joseph and Corey Thompson, um, a couple of guys that, you know, keeping six already and then picking Delshawn Phillips might not be as big of a um, need um, to keep a seventh. Um, but they'll probably have one of the 16 be a linebacker. Um, and they're pretty deep at offensive line. So they might keep one of these guys like, you know, like a Harrell or a Brandon Walton or Trey Adams, but I, once again that they're deep at that group they might have one one or two there um just just to have ready but those are some names to watch out for um and they're gonna need i mean if tyron's if taiwan is banged up they're gonna need to have a running back Mm -hmm. there on the list too um if it's not antonio williams or christian wade uh they gotta go get one yeah i think they're gonna it's gonna be very very fun kind of to see the way it plays out this year for the practice squad because normally you know you have sort of almost half of it in your mind at least going in after the cuts who they're bringing back you know and generally it ends up being about three quarters of the guys that cut end up coming back maybe one or two guys come in off waivers but this year with the expanded 
practice squad, it's going to be very fun. There's going to be some names we might not have heard of who could end up making an impact on this team that, you know, that are still completely off our radars. But I'll be, I'll be tuned in to the cap between you and uh, Jake this week, seeing what's going on with that. Yeah, no, Ty, thanks, thanks, for, thanks for coming on. You know, obviously we're going to have Jake back on the show. Um, you know, Matt Perino, we have some other guests lined up um, going forward, you know, for, for the show. It'll be really big things. I'll actually be on another show, pumping up the cap and train wreck on Tuesday. We're going to do a, a show with Greg Thompson, um, and uh, we'll we'll be over there on a, on a group show with the guys from Fanatics, a couple of other uh, guys coming together. So we'll do a group show there. Obviously, tune into our show. We appreciate you tuning in um, to get our reactions. We talked a lot about the division. Um, we talked a lot about great great moves that the bills are making. It's not done, Ty. So we'll be, we'll be wrapping this, 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 this whole kind of saga up um, as there's at least two moves to be made. Mm-hmm. We got to find out who the second injured player is. I think it's Taiwan Jones. Um, so the bills are going to be pretty lean at running back um, for a few weeks. Um, so if they face an in-game injury, man, um, uh, you're going to have to have three active running backs. They're not going to be able to do the thing where they inactivate um, Yeldon. So yeah. we're, we're lots, lots to talk about, lots to do. Um, but we, you know, as always, we, we appreciate everyone sticking in on this extra long show, but eight glad to days. get in all this content. Eight days, eight more days till Buffalo Bills football. I can't wait. If you need anything for your tailgate, make sure you get Picasso's pizza, Picasso's pizza.net. You can get anything on there. They got some great specialty pizzas as well. Their subs are fire. And always the pizzas are phenomenal. So make sure you check them out for all your tailgating needs. But that'll be it for the Cap Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. What's the the tag? Uh, Crowd Assist Pod. Crowd Assist Pod. Make sure you're following. Follow Kevin Massari. Follow myself at Ty Buffalo. And that'll be it for us. Let's go Buffalo.